0: The train are coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't
1: know when.
2: southern rock podcast a southern storm a bold liberating rock shot through with blues soul and gospel and now your hosts for the show brian jones and jason johannes
3: welcome back to another episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast thank you for your downloads participation on the facebook page and sharing you know all those songs and and getting downloads of the podcast thank you very much for that as always is with me is Jason what is up man hey man I'm doing awesome how are you I'm good I'm good uh, well I don't know if people will be able to share music on the Facebook page today
2: but... <laughs> the little problems well whatever day you're listening to this it is October 4th and there are some few problems in the Facebook world at the moment.
3: And Instagram, too, as well.
2: And Instagram. I think th- I think they're owned by the same company or servers or something. They're somehow linked to each other. So, yes, Instagram and Facebook are down. Panic, everybody. <laughs> Panic. Run the streets.
3: <laughs> so there's uh, some new releases uh, lately and more coming up. What do you know?
2: Uh, our friends at Lizzie and the Makers, we both had Lizzie Edwards on and Rob Cloris they have a new album coming out uh, this Friday. Wait, no, I'm sorry. November 5th, November 5th with the show uh, album release the following week. Check that out. Them Dirty Roses just released a new single, which is escaping my brain right now. Brian, and with Facebook and Instagram out. I can't pull it up, but uh, they just go ahead.
3: Oh, sorry, man. Spotify. Um, I was looking on Spotify and it says Ain't No Need. Ain't No Need. That's the name of it.
2: That is out. That is really excellent. Uh, check it out. Those guys have been releasing like one single a month. I think at some point you, uh, you would expect to hear about an album being released. It's like four or five songs so far up the second second set.
3: Right. And so on the 15th, of course, we've got, uh, uh, can I get a witness, but Georgia Thunderbolt's coming out. And that's
2: awesome. I pre-ordered that album. I cannot wait. cannot wait for that to show up.
3: And from the Kentucky Headhunters, they've got a new record coming out on the 22nd, whose uh, name is escaping me as well. we're really <laughs> prepared today with
2: no you. social media it's so hard yeah. what is going on out there i should have had spotify up this i'm so used to using instagram and facebook for all this stuff of course that's where we post everything and uh when stuff breaks down that's how you and i even communicate with each mm-hmm. other we had to text brian we had to text oh my god and we the had track to text. is called
3: how could i and that's all the more. right
2: <laughs> all right no well there's there's a bunch of stuff coming out this fall so very excited about that that georgia thunderbolts album uh certainly we've heard a bunch of stuff on there and i'm very excited to have a full-blown ep from them lizzie and the makers again we know we love those guys um and can't wait to hear that full-length album that song lover by proxy which i think is the last single they released super good looking forward to that like Brian, at some point, you and I just need to get to New York City to see a lot of our friends. And hey, today on Twitter, our buddy Andy Aldort uh, posted a picture and, and had a post that he was starting to record an album right now. And he was in the studio. So I didn't have a release date, but we even have our buddy Andy with mm-hmm. some new music comics. Nice.
3: That's the fact, Jack. And I'm not saying that uh, as to what you just said, but that's the fact. That's a fact, Jack. Is the name of the new Hunter's record. Oh, and
2: I'm, you know what? I'm looking forward to that too. Cause Greg has, has spoke, talked it up a bunch. And even with us and the fall, wait in the fall, this is the fall in the spring. <laughs> what, what year, what time is it, Brian? I have no idea. Who knows. And uh, looking forward to it. You know, I, he said it was one of some of his favorite stuff that he was going to have going out there.
3: I'm in the process of, uh, I've sent out some emails and to some local venues trying to get some replies that you know they'd be interested in getting some blues and, and southern rock acts up here so I'm, I'm hoping something comes from that I do um, too yeah I it's I just kind of got fed up nothing's going on up here so uh gotta take matters into my own hands so
2: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna revert back to our two podcast two 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 podcast to go with Mark Hawley from Virtual Kane we We're talking about Minnesota or Minneapolis based bands yes. got a new one for you okay got a new one. And they were a one hit wonder from 1991, Brian. But like Jet?
3: No, no, it's a band. Not it was Jet, a but there was like some sort of like soul rap kind of.
2: Oh, no, this is a band called Natural uh, Selection and the song was do anything. And the reason I know that I was listening to Sirius Satellite Radio yesterday on the 90s channel with my wife. That song came on like, holy crap. I remember that song and. They are out of Minneapolis. Uh, people thought they were originally Prince, or so the sounding guy sounds a little bit princey. Anyway, <laughs> the band Natural Selection, the song "Do Anything."
3: When <laughs> I said Jet, not to be to confused with the band Jet that was. Are you going from to be girl? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're obviously what, out now,
2: what but... happened to Jet. That album was awesome. Whatever happened to those guys?
3: They did another three or you no, know, really, two records for sure. Maybe three. The second one, Shine On, that song is really good. Um, I I think that was, you know, they're like really good song on that one. And then they did one called Shocker Rock. And then they broke up. But uh, the singers in another band whose name I can't even remember right now. We can't remember anything today. We have It's dementia day here. Seriously. Things blues and Southern rock.
2: And I was having trouble at work with the same thing too. Like (laughs) I was on a call and I couldn't remember stuff. It was really bad. Well, I'm glad you're suffering as well oh, as i well, am. thank you <laughs> we could suffer together
3: so we're proud to announce a new uh segment in here and that's show alerts show alerts with
2: jason and brian we're just gonna call it show alerts it's actually just with you but i'm here oh to j- show it. alerts with jason well <laughs> show alert all right i'm gonna give you top shows or top top show or top shows of the week and i have a top two shows this week involving the same artists so on thursday october 7th cincinnati ohio bogarts we've got the cold stairs our friends the cold stairs brian who we had a great podcast with back in august they are doing a show with larkin poe That's in cincinnati ohio uh thursday october 7th that is the day after my 20th wedding anniversary and guess what my wife and I are going to, as part of our festivities of 20 years, we are going to go see this show.
3: Well, awesome, and uh, uh, happy anniversary.
2: Thank you. Thank you for 20 years. I don't know my, my poor wife. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Friday in Columbus, Ohio, at the Newport, Larkin Poe is playing a show, not with the Cold Steers, but they will be in around where I live now, uh, right by the Ohio State campus, playing the Newport. So those are the up-and-coming shows on the show alert for the week. There's some other great stuff coming down the pipeline that we will have for you every time we do a podcast. It's the week of those shows. So this week, um, check it out. Of course, you might be hearing this after the fact. We will post it on social media. So and that's my show
3: alert for the week. Nice. So we've had some uh, rock journalists on in the past. Which is always interesting to talk to those guys, and it was great to meet Matt at, at Rock and Pod.
2: It was great to meet Matt at Rock. By Matt Webb, by Matt, we meet Matt Wake, who's been killing it, Brian with some articles. He's done a couple of on the Black Crows. Uh, he had one with Dirty Honey. Um, just he's he's killing it right now. You guys need to pay attention to Matt Wake. Follow him on the social medias when the social medias aren't down. We already spoke about Andy Aldort. We had Andy Aldort on, who's obviously a journalist, writer, and also a musician. We talked about, he posted today. So, you know, it's cool to talk about journalists. What, where'd you find this, this gentleman that we're speaking to in this podcast?
3: Well, uh, there's a friend of mine in Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is about 80 miles north of Fargo. Uh, who it has got to be cold there if it's 80 miles north of Fargo. Well, it's really not that much different. Eh. And... Uh, he is a musician and turns out, uh, as you guys will find out, he's uh, doing something else, has been doing something else for a long time uh, with, you know, a magazine that's been out for a long time. And from time to time, I got to, like, remember that uh, it's published out of Bismarck, North Dakota. We're talking about Vintage Guitar Magazine.
2: Vintage Guitar Magazine, Brian.
3: You published know what? Out of- Go ahead. Published out of Bismarck, North Dakota. And uh, my friend who you're gonna tell the listeners about, uh, happens to do something for that magazine. Why don't you let them know, Jason?
2: Yeah, well, your friend is Mr. Joe Eddy, who happens to work on their their uh, their website page, which is really great. If you like, and then what I was gonna say is vintage guitar magazine. When I first started playing guitar and for a lot of years, I didn't pick it up because I'm like, I can't afford a vintage guitar i'm going to get vintage guitar magazine be sad but it is not just for people buying vintage guitars brian there's stuff about new artists existing artists new gear vintage gear if you like guitars if you like music check out vintage guitar magazine you don't have to be rich and in the vintage guitar market now joe does website works on the website where they do a good job of posting not only the magazine and some of the cool articles and other things but uh other facts and figures and things that you just can't get through the magazine. It's worth checking out, man. What do you think?
3: We had a great conversation. uh, And I'm, you know, still chatting with him uh, about the whole, trying to get uh, more bands up in this area and why that's not happening or why that hasn't happened in the past. uh, You guys will hear all about that um, right before that uh, to add to the uh, um, show alert. Of course, the Georgia Thunderbolts are opening for Blackstone Cherry starting on the 6th. Well, by that time, that show will be done on the 7th. But on Friday, as you're listening to this, October 8th, they will be um, the Georgia Thunderbolts open. And then Jared James Nichols and then Blackstone Cherry headlining in Albany, New York.
2: That'll be a killer show. Three great acts. So
3: while you're on your way to that or it's the day of kick back and listen to our conversation with my friend Joe Eddy. Welcome to the guest segment of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. As you guys know, I always have the pleasure of uh, pitching this over to Jason to uh, introduce uh, the guest that we have for you guys to listen to today. Yep,
2: yeah, thanks, Brian. As always, I'm always I'm excited to introduce the guest. Uh, we're going to have some cool conversations today, a little bit uh, guitar-oriented, we'll say, and you'll find out why in here, here in a second. But from Get- Vintage Guitar Magazine, he helps... Do a lot of the online work. He's also a musician himself, which we'll talk about. We have Mr. Joe Greenwood. How you doing, Joe?
1: Excellent. Thank you. Hi. Thanks Thanks
2: for being on, man. Like, I love guitar stuff, as you can see in my background. So we'll bore Brian later
3: on, but we'll we'll get into you. (laughs) So before we get there, we just always start, like, when, you know, when did you get your start in music? How early on? And when did that lead into playing in bands?
1: I was nine years old when I saw Poison. CC Deville, and that got you into playing music. That got me telling my mom <laughs> I want a guitar. She went out and got me an acoustic guitar. It was like nothing like what he was playing, but
2: of course not. No, not the, the BC rich, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> started there. uh but around the same time, this is crazy how it worked. But my uncle's magazine started. And this was in 1986, Vintage Guitar Magazine. And uh, he gave me an electric guitar around that same time. And so I think seeing that, wanting to do it, my mother taking it and getting me the guitar and some lessons, some folk lessons, and then also my uncle's influence with the magazine was what propelled me into it. And so I, I played, I took lessons for a few years from a couple different teachers in my hometown and uh it was an off and on thing through high school and then i really dug into it in the college years and uh really cut my teeth hard there and that's when i started playing in bands mostly college yeah i played a little bit in high school i played uh i played in the jazz band in high school in exchange for lessons from the teacher and uh so i was a little bit involved with like the school band there but that was really really minimal um I knew band, I knew people in bands in high school, but I didn't really play in bands at that point. It wasn't until the college years. And then I got into a band. There was a jam band. Fish was really big at the time. Mm-hmm. And there was a band in Grand Forks called uh, HUT. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I got to play with those guys for like a summer, <laughs> maybe a year. And uh, that was kind of my first thing. But then uh, since then, I've, I've had a bunch of bands, my own bands and so what poison tour did you see i didn't even see him i didn't see him i saw him on mtv
2: oh gotcha okay back probably the open up and say uh write that record with like 100 videos that were all always on mtv
1: yep 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 got me wanting long hair
2: (laughs) a skull and crossbone guitar or like a hot pink or hot or neon green guitar yes (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> what was your first electric guitar that your uncle got you it was
1: a it's a it was a Stratocaster copy it was it's a brand called a uh, Cimar C-I-M-A-R it was made in Japan I still have it yeah it's, it's very heavy it's like a midnight blue um I think he put upgraded pickups into it I think he put actual Stratocaster pickups in it and uh I love it. I love it. It's got a it's got a rosewood fretboard, dark wood, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's a beauty. Uh, Yeah. And he and I remember saying something to him about a bright green BC Rich. (laughs) And he said the 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 ugliest guitars are going to be the ones that sound the best, not the fancy bright green one. So that was his (laughs) I was like, nah, come on, man. (laughs) <laughs> you're,
2: as a kid you want that splashy thing that catches everybody's attention you
1: know, i want to be cc
2: right <laughs> uh, brian i don't know where to go from after i wanted to be cc you're gonna take over
3: <laughs> well uh like you mentioned uh guitar uh vintage guitar and this is gonna be like a bulk of our discussion uh that just started in 1986 like what do you know about the humble beginnings of that
1: humble indeed it was um like a single folded broadsheet uh, classified ads paper called the music trader he started it in Bismarck just like a single printed page front and back of ads the music trader and uh, uh, it was for showing used instruments to, for people to buy and sell and I I don't know how, how he got in with uh, music stores and dealers I don't I don't know it was very grassroots at the beginning him and his wife, at the time, Cleo, um, they did it. Was he a
2: publisher or anything prior to that? Yeah. Or okay.
1: Well, no, prior to that, no. He worked for the state of North Dakota in the tax department. Huh. Uh, he was like an accountant of some kind.
2: Was he a musician? I mean, how, like, why musical instruments? I guess.
1: He played guitar. He's, he played guitar. His mother, my grandma, played guitar a little bit. Uh, I don't know what got him into that seeing the used instrument type of thing, Mm -hmm. but then I I know that once he the focus went to guitars real quick after it was the music trader, I don't know how many issues it was of that, but it quickly became vintage guitar and then just kind of like hit the right time, hit the market at the right time, helped propel the market somewhat, but also just kind of I don't know what the whole what happened there mm-hmm. the 80s 90s with the guitars but
2: well a lot of people saw poison on mtv i think yeah. <laughs> 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 we're gonna we're gonna dip into that well a few times this episode yeah. ryan i have a feeling it's jason
3: sarcasm
2: so <laughs> you know and i have nothing against poison by the way they have some good good songs
3: <laughs> so vintage guitar being around for a long time like i think you know earlier years whatever i i don't think i ever knew way back when that it was published out of bismarck and even through the years i i might think about it occasionally but that's kind of one of these things that kind of uh gives me some you know more hope that we were talking about before the show for you know north dakota just something great musically coming from that magazine
1: yeah um they they sponsor things on a small scale you know in events in bismarck shows coming through artists but i wouldn't say they're like i don't know what what how do you how you make a scene how do how do it how is there a scene it's uh i was thinking about uh geography and like the influence of the geography um like all things blues and southern rock how come southern rock is a is a so much a, a genre and could there be a Northern rock and what would that be? And is good there question. a question? Yeah. Um, and I think of like uh, some of the, the music out of like Duluth trampled by turtles. And yep. it feels like oh, those the,
2: guys are out of Duluth, but we didn't yep. come up with that in the call, the other call. Yeah. I, Trample. That's I, a pretty good band.
1: Yeah. And it feels like there's a sound coming out of that area. I don't know if it's, if it's, if, I don't know, I don't listen to a ton of music out of Duluth or the scene there, but The geography, how does the geography play into the sound? And what would be the sound of Grand Forks? What would the scene, what would be the scene of a place like Grand Forks? Fargo is a little more, feels a little more prone to like rock bands Mm -hmm. and some electricity and some.
2: It's a Chuck Klosterman effect.
1: Yeah. Isn't Chuck Uh, Klosterman
3: from there? Yeah. Another
1: North Dakota guy.
3: Yeah. He's read a bunch of his
2: books. He's a good writer.
3: Right. Well, I think Duluth obviously is like you know Bob Dylan was born in Duluth, raised in Hibbing on the Iron Range. So you know I lived there for about five years, and that certainly has a huge influence. You know it was a place where Bob Dylan was born and grew well, up who
2: settled? Who settled that, like the Dakotas? Like is, is like you know Minnesota? I think it's like the Norwegians, like right, the Vikings. I was gonna which,
1: say Germans from Russia and like <laughs> Norwegians and um, what you know we did so like Norse. Is there like, it should be
2: metal music then, metal yeah. or like prog rock, right? Yeah, metal yes. Norwegian
1: region music. Yeah, Norse, Norse rock. Yeah,
2: Norse, Norse. That's the sound. Norse rock. It's everybody playing immigrant song and some other. That's immigrant song. If I, you you had to explain what Norse rock music, immigrant song to me is Norse rock. Immigrant song is that Led Zeppelin? Yeah, the Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, the dun 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 Yeah,
0: okay. right, right. Come from the end of the yeah. The land of I'm not yes. singing the high
2: parts. <laughs> yeah. There you go. See? Yeah. That, that's north that's the northern rock sound.
3: I think Southern Rock, you know, the 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 you know, obviously big part of that was, you know, the music business like, you know, using that category, that tag, you know, to to, to uh sell, you know, sell a product, you know. Um but that's one thing, a goal of the podcast is we'd like to get people to think a little bit more about what Southern rock is, an amalgamation of rock and roll and blues and gospel and country. And Harby, and of course, yeah. all the music germinated from the South. So there is that geographical part of it. But you're right, like, why can't? And that's why I'm so, that's a big reason why I started this podcast. So I'm frustrated that we don't have blues based southern rock kind of sounding bands up here we have a little bit of blues but it's so you know it's not that often you got the Fargo abuse blues festival in summer two nights winter butte blues festival a third night and those blues on the red and grand forks that's another three nights so it's like we have like six to seven nights of blues here the whole year Mm -hmm. I mean, i know there's a little bit here and there but you know right i'm glad i get to share my frustration with you joe i'm glad (laughs) i get to listen (laughs) i wish there was i wish there was more um I, I think
1: it's like a combination of having a venue and having a, a venue owner who's into that kind of thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I got to feel like everything's out there. It's not like anything's broken. It's just dormant because we don't have the right blend. Like there's not an active, the activated
3: yeast is not activated in our little Petri dish right up here right now. Well, of course, you know like we all you and i have both heard like you know like the days of the river queen and the spud and all that even though that wasn't necessarily uh uh-huh. blues at the spud or southern rock at the spud but still there, at one time there was a lot of traffic but it isn't a big part of it too like after the flood of 97 like the economy was so hit so hard and then too i think people just gravitate towards what's popular with the, their only source of music is fm radio
1: uh-huh i think yeah i think the there's a there's a the cultural part of it is big. The The youthful culture, like the college crowd down here, I don't see them into live bands, the kind of live bands that are happening. Uh, the kinds of bars, like Rocky over there at the Spud Junior and the Up North, Rockin' Up North Festival. His style of music that he likes is, is country, Nashville, blues. Um, you know, so he... There's a little bit, but he's more, a little more country. So those are the kind of things he's trying to pull in and, and do, uh, you know, little Bobby,
3: you know, little yeah, little, Bobby right. who,
1: he's got a place in Macintosh where he's got some blues stuff coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Grand Forks, there's not like a place that I would consider a place where you could go see a blues band on a regular basis. I think that would, that'd be one piece.
3: Well, just from the area, you know, I went to see Robert Cray when he was at the Fargo Theater and then Corey, Corey Medina or Corey Medina, you know who he is? He's from, from, uh, from Bemidji. Okay. And he plays some blues.
2: So let me throw a question out to both of you guys about the music scene and maybe why it is, or isn't the way, the way it is now, because it gets so cold for so long in the winter, do people bypass or your window of opportunity really for some of this music to show up and influence people? Is that limited? Is that does does your climate limit that?
3: I wouldn't think too much because it's just as cold in Chicago and Minneapolis. That's you know? I mean, when you, good point. When you live here, you acclimate to it in some ways. Yeah, I mean, you know some our band's skipping
2: so it because they're like it's cold and nasty. We don't want to <laughs> drive through in January and do a show.
1: It is literally damn cold. Yeah, it's terrible, and it can deter you. But I think yeah, like Brian said, we acclimate to it, and it gets cozy. When the snow gets so high, mm-hmm. it actually, the body heat stays within. You're insulated. Control. Yeah. So once you get into the club or the bar or wherever it is, it's cozy and super warm and you want to get there. So I think if we had, if, ah, it was, we need a spark. We need a charge. We need something. I, I don't know, but I don't know how that
3: works. I don't know. More bands. I think uh, like you said, maybe just the right club owner that's going to, you know, can somehow draw an audience into stuff that's not super popular. Uh-huh.
2: Or does it come back to the influence, Brian, like you said, the FM radio, if that's really the only avenue people are hearing stuff right now, or mostly hearing stuff, getting them to expand their palette of the same 20 songs they're probably playing every day to some of these newer bands, other types of music to get people exposed. Because Joe, as we've done this podcast for over a year or a year and a half, whatever it is now, Brian, there is a lot of really good rock music out there right now. Young dudes getting after it. People that have been established getting after it. And the biggest hurdle for all of them is they don't have this widespread platform to get their stuff heard. No MTV, VH1 FM radio is very limited. Like, you know, so it's podcasts or it's going town to town playing shows and and building up like an audience organically.
1: Mm -hmm. And that makes it tough. mm
3: -hmm.
1: It is tough. So like the, the, the guys that are, that are getting after it, the rock, the rock guys, are they having success? Are they? Um... Well, it's slow because the only way they
2: can get audience and get heard is by going to places and playing. But if you've never heard of these guys or let's say that rock scene is not that good somewhere you go, your audience is going to be limited. It's going to take repetition
0: yeah. word of
2: mouth repetition Get you through you know like for instance i'll tell you what right now uh brian and i had a band on or or, or the lead singer guitarist from a band called the cold stairs on what about a month and a half ago brian
3: yeah
2: never heard of them they were at, you know we got them on and they're literally one of my favorite bands right now and i don't know really where i would have had a great chance to hear them if we didn't have them on the podcast and i've listened to all their their albums now they're it's a, a great band i'm like like, holy shit, how do these guys make it and do it? Like, it is, everything's kind of
3: working against them. And they're from Fort Wayne, Indiana. They're still. They're um,
2: uh, Evansville, Indiana. So oh, Evansville, Southwest sorry. Indiana, Evansville, right, yeah. right. And they're kick-ass, like they're a duo, hard blues duo. Joe, you would probably love them called The Cold Stairs. They had a new album come out a couple weeks ago called Heavy Shoes. But it's like, this these guys blow my mind and I love them. I'm like, I, I don't know if i would ever heard of them not having this podcast. And that's it's a bunch of
1: bullshit. I don't know how you stand out, you know, social media is what it is. And yeah, it's crazy. But you're right having a I keep coming back to the venues. We got to have the venues. Right. We were talking about an open mic, Brian. I feel like having a weekly open mic is what keeps the heartbeat going for me that when I was when I was not involved with playing music live, the way back in was going to the open mic and getting a little. You know, get get your speed, right? Get your speed up to speed on a weekly basis, and and seeing the variety. The variety that was part of what helped create the backbone for a scene was having a venue that allowed us to gather regularly and do the thing. Repetition. We don't have that right now. In yeah, venue. there isn't a place that has a regular. I suppose you know, there's some like the the uh, the diamond has yeah. the weekly. <laughs> band you know wednesday through saturday but i knew we were gonna
3: bring up the diamond at some point Uh, jason (laughs) the diamond is like the the typical top 40 country rock all the hits from the early 70s up to the late 90s and it's like we're all this blue collar crowd and it's not the current country rock. want to hear yeah they only want to hear uh just the hits yeah
2: all right, Joe, what are you drinking? Because I think I'm a bourbon and whiskey guy, and I think that's what you got, buddy.
1: I just have Captain Morgan. Oh, you're just drinking <laughs> Captain.
2: Okay, I saw Brown on the... You're just drinking Captain on the rocks?
1: Um, I got a rock in there. Yeah. And um, I put some honey and some, what do you call it, the bitters, and then water. Is, is that a
2: North Dakota thing, or is this a Joe Greenwood thing?
1: I could be... I think it's in r-
3: rural North Dakota. I probably okay. Probably picked it up.
2: I, I mean, it doesn't sound bad at all. I'm very, I think I'm going to have to give that a shot.
3: A bunch of my friends, used to they, they drink Morgan Diet. It's like, Morgan Diet, yeah. I think you should try it. And I didn't like real sweet stuff. So I have I have sweet. a big bottle of
2: Sailor Jerry's. You ever have Sailor uh, Jerry spice rum?
3: Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. I have. I, I Last night I had um, Coke or Pepsi in this and I didn't like, too sweet, too sweet. Too sweet, had, Yeah. Water. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's why you got to drink diet. Cause the diet's not as sweet. Oh, if you go full leaded, it's way too sweet and overpowers the liquor. <laughs> I love these podcasts because we never know where what's going to happen and where it's going to go. I could, I can, you know, do you drink whiskey or bourbon at all, Joe? Um,
1: yeah, whatever I have, I guess <laughs> I have, uh, helps keep you warm. A friend of mine get up there on top of the, my tacky decoration up there is a, a Bob Dylan Heaven's Door sampler pack of three different whiskeys.
2: Oh, not, no wow. kidding. I've never even heard of that. Do you, do you do you knock on the box?
1: No, I don't know about that.
2: Knocking on Heaven's Door. Come on. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, this is a Tennessee bourbon in one bottle and a double barrel whiskey in another and a straight rye whiskey in the other
2: oh no shit i'll have to look for that and check check it out man that sounds cool
3: yeah yeah school now
2: (laughs) anything but vintage guitar magazine we're talking about
3: (laughs) (laughs) i think getting back to how these bands that you were asking us about joe in the southeast that that they're Doing their thing. Like I'm wearing the t shirt of I, the, the band we consider to be the flagship, you know, and the Georgia Thunderbolts aren't very far behind, but Blackberry who were on
2: the cover of your yearbook, New Gear yearbook. Yeah, yes. You know,
3: Blackberry Smoke started out like the record industry was pretty much done. You know, they started 20 years ago and they just slugged it out all over the place in the, in the bars and they've just built it all brick by brick. And there's a DVD of them from North Carolina from like 2014 or something. And they have little interviews and Charlie Starr saying like, we decided really early on, we want to be a fans band. And I think they're setting the examples of all these other bands. Cause obviously no one's making money off record sales. So, and, and all these bands have like fan Facebook pages and that's kind of what got me into doing this too. You know, it's just, it's really grassroots word of mouth. And, and I just think down there, there's more of a stronger tradition of music that they've all kind of absolutely grown up on it and grown up in the gospel and the church. And, people talk about the, the water, the river near Muscle Shoals, or something in the water, there's something in the soil, you know, and the Mississippi's down there and like that whole, you know, Texas and Louisiana, New Orleans and all, you know, Jacksonville, Florida up to Atlanta and Nashville and Memphis. And it's just so steep, so strong in that tradition of that music.
1: Yeah. yep, yeah. That's what I was thinking too. It really is. It's just a huge cultural thing that just doesn't really exist in this little Fargo Grand Forks Red River Valley it's more of a folk sound I feel like I I don't know it's hard to it's just not natural Mm -hmm. so it's hard to transplant this exotic blues music (laughs) into this plain old Red River
3: Valley I, I don't know I don't know well, when has went under too, it's like I think that that nobody picked up that traffic. It seems like uh-huh. and when when the westard hole went under, nobody picked up that traffic
1: uh-huh, right yeah, so you
3: really have to wonder what's wrong
1: <laughs> right It's just those elements we <clears throat> speaking of blackberry smoke, I think uh vintage guitar Charlie Starr was on the cover of that not oh, he's long. a big gear
2: guy, good big, big guitar guy, loves
1: it. <clears throat> I bet you I got it sitting around somewhere in a stack right over here. But he, yeah, pretty sure he was on the cover. I'm, sh- I'm sure. I mean, because he has a
2: lot of the vintage stuff. I know he likes the Les Paul, Les Paul Juniors, um, mm-hmm. SG, SG Juniors he's had. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you could probably have him on every month if you if you, if you, right. you wanted.
1: <laughs> I was just looking at the website real quick, and there are quite a few articles with him. With the band and with him, yeah, and probably Bonamassa, who you know is a fiend on vintage stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, he's been it. He's been involved a couple times. Um, he's been on the cover. He's been in the Hall of Fame. He's let us come backstage and hang out a couple times. I know my uncle Alan, the founder of the magazine, right, has got to chill with him close and personal so joe is a a friend of ours for sure he's given us gear and stuff for our um american cancer society team team josie that we run each year so yeah nice is there a
2: a bigger celebrity guitar player
1: collector of vintage gear than bonamassa right now i don't think so i think he's got the title he's probably got the biggest and the most uh say billy gibbons
3: and billy Campbell that was in the heartbreakers right right
1: but
2: i swear every time i turn around bonamassa showing a new guitar a new amp something that he has it's like it feels like every day
1: yeah he really does
2: lucky guy that's all i have to say
1: that's what he says too <laughs>
2: <laughs> but i think he and his uncle also like sell and do stuff with them too so he just doesn't keep in his old nerdville museum right he's a Seller, reseller or his uncle has a music shop or something was it his dad somebody in the family is somebody in the dead
1: yeah upstate new york i think
2: yeah yeah he used to come through and and so i was in dayton ohio before columbus for a long time but there is there's a small little blues club downtown and he was a big nothing he used to come there and play all the time i still remember remember him coming through which is amazing to see what he's become
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it really is it's encouraging it's encouraging to me as an artist to see him do it because I think the way he does it is sort of more grassroots. He's, he's not a huge label guy. He's got his own label and he's got a good business team and uh that's encouraging.
2: And you know, the size of theaters and stuff he's playing are pretty good too. He's not playing like dingy, dingy little clubs and he's able to do this big production and, and keep it going. So I'm, I'm with you on that. That's really encouraging, but I just, again, going back to what I said, like the cold stairs and, and stuff is, it's, you just i would love to see more of that kind of level of success and in and, and recognition because there are really really good bands out right now that just don't really have that kind of push behind them like your boys on the cover right now who i'm wearing the shirt of the georgia thunderbolts that's a great new young band they have the they're talented, incredible they're talented they're nice good dudes they have the it factor and like i hope they blow up they deserve to blow up but it's where are they going to blow up okay we're in vintage guitar magazine cool They've been on the all the number one Southern Rock and Blues podcast, the all things blues and southern <laughs> rock pocket. But you know, you know, where are they getting you know, where are they getting notice other than going out and playing? Well, I mean and they deserve
3: it. We're gonna Joe, we're gonna have Richard Young from the Kentucky Headhunters on, and he discovered the Thunderbolts. And so I think they got that, and then they're opening up the Blackstone Cherry now here in next month.
1: Yeah, sweet. Um the Headhunters are another VG fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, um we like talking with those guys and um we had
3: greg martin on and we talked to him for like three hours he was amazing
1: yeah i was gonna say greg has done some um videos for us on our youtube channel some show off guitars and give a little lesson type of deal and uh yeah
2: super nice guy and he knows a lot of stuff man Um, it was just like a conversation sitting down in somebody's kitchen or a bar, just talking for three hours. It was, it was, it's been one of my favorite interviews so far.
1: That's awesome. That's the way a lot of these guys are, you know, that's uh, Billy Gibbons is that way. Um, I got to meet um, Johnny winter right before he passed away. And he was the same way. Joe Bonama's the same way. <clears throat> these guys want to just talk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so we'll listen come on come on joe come it's on billy
2: <laughs> do you know andy aldort no he's a journalist he's he's he does a lot of stuff for like guitar world he also does instructional stuff he's played with dickie betts and great southern he does like a his own stuff and allman brother stuff to this day now but he's out of new york a long island new york city
3: he wrote a book about stevie Ray Vaughan.
2: yep he did write a book with alan paul yeah
3: okay did alan paul
1: write the book on uh the almond brothers
2: he he did it's this one the texas flood the story of cv Ravon, alan paul with andy aldort okay i'm surprised andy hasn't been in vintage guitar magazine either writing or showcasing something
1: oh maybe i just missed him i don't know
2: i don't know he just seems like somebody you would have but like he he, again he writes for guitar world um he does online like stuff um tutorials and then he does his own music too Cool. But he's he's been around forever. And that was another guy like Greg where we just sat and he told stories, getting pulled over by the police, um, riding with Dickie Betts in Florida, you mm-hmm. know, and like all just meeting Eddie Van Halen and interviewing Eddie Van Halen, like all this stuff. And it's like going back to Greg, like, God, just sit and listen to these guys talk. It's just tremendous. Mm-hmm. And you for what you do for a career too, you know, help it help and run this magazine, the site is you get to sit there and listen to that kind of stuff. And it just, I mean, it'd just be amazing as, as you as a musician, kind of like, what's that like for you?
1: It's crazy, man. It blows me away. Anytime (laughs) I think about it, you know, it's a privilege and it's like, I can't believe my uncle did this thing and it's been so widely accepted. And it's like, uh, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. Getting to sometimes talk to people like this and just being, Having your ear in the traffic of everything that's going on, it's amazing to be a part of and uh, especially the way that Uncle Allen and the team have positioned the magazine over the years as sort of this very familiar familial community magazine. I think it's a little different than some of the more mainstream poppy guitar and music magazines. so it's it's small town. right wide and uh that part about it especially feels really good
2: you you know you bring it up like hey small town you're not kind of like some of those other ones but you know what with publishing a lot of magazines and music magazines along with everything else have folded and failed yet vintage guitar magazines still out there with your guitar worlds with some of the other ones you know what's i mean how did you guys manage to survive? What put you, uh, you know, head above the shoulders? Of the others were you able to kind of publishings diminished. You guys stay out there and on the racks every month.
1: Yeah, uh, quality, humility, integrity, um, personal contact with the people in the industry. Um, I know the team has relationships with almost any guitar store or dealer. Mm-hmm in the country and around the world. And those are pretty personal connections. I think that's a big part of it each year, Alan and, uh, and a guy named Gil Hembry put out, uh, the price guide, the vintage Utah price mm-hmm. guide, which is used, you know, so that's a, we're working on that one right now today. Um, getting the digital version online that dealers use that, you know, so that, creates a familiarity i think yeah overall just the personal relationships i think are really what has kept it is
2: there a growing demand for vintage gear in terms of collectors or even players that you you've seen like a
1: trend i haven't followed any hard stats lately Uh and i know it's slowed down from the heyday of the 80s 90s but uh i think guitars are certainly still solid investments and uh i think so i think so i think uh you know the really super good rare ones are probably getting harder to sure by. and um yeah i don't have hard numbers in front of me but i think things are holding steady right even picking up picking up more so i think the
2: pandemic right i think guitars kind of flew off the shelves a little bit because people were stuck in their home and like i've always wanted to learn an instrument we're going to we're going to buy these now not they weren't vintage right they are buying the new stuff anyways Uh but uh you know you start somebody on doing something like that they get into it do they become the vintage guitar or gear collector of the future
1: right and guys like bonamassa and gibbons and mike campbell guys that celebrate Mm -hmm. instruments and vintage instruments that helps drive it i think
2: um Cause it's the mainstream eye, right. You know, they have a pretty good audience. So they, they see these guys doing that.
1: Yeah. Yep. They're playing with all kinds of geeky nerdy old gear <laughs> guitars and amps and, you know, and people see that and want to emulate that and get that sound. It's, that's what the addiction becomes is chasing the tone.
3: Right. That's well that said. Makes sense. Yes. The addiction Indeed. of chasing the tone. Chasing the tone. So Joe, can you get like a little more in depth or specifically what you do you know, for for the magazine, I don't know you, you know running the website, but can you get more specific? Or
1: yeah, um, it started uh, probably eleven or twelve years ago. Um, they had kind of a one or two page website, a real basic website, and I was doing website work for the Grand Forks Herald and for other local businesses, and I was. T- talking with my uncle we ended up just having conversations and then i ended up rebuilding their website and um getting it kind of modernized and on a platform that they can manage so like uh doug yellowbird and ward meeker and alan the guys that are in the office every day they're able to go in and and post things so i built the website and kind of put uh the systems in place for those guys to use it on a daily basis. Um, And then, so um, now it's more of just a daily maintenance thing, manage the servers. We, you know, we lease server space. So I just make sure that's all good and check logs and clear files and run updates. Uh, And then like right now we're coming out with the new price guide for 2022, Um, And there'll be a digital edition of that. So there's a whole payment system, a paywall to access the digital edition. So I'm working with Doug to um, get that loaded online and get the the paywall in place and all the email systems so that subscribers get the email with the link to the right place and it's going to let them in and It's a lot of c- computer technical website management stuff that I do these days with the magazine. Helping Doug Yellowbird is the general manager and the graphic designer layout guy. So like the cover and all the graphics, he's just an amazing artist and manager. Um, and so supporting him, um, occasionally supporting guys like Ward or Alan, our editor. And our owner, with uh, you know, getting something posted the right way, uh, maybe changing a feature. I think uh, if you go to the homepage right now, the articles that show up change periodically throughout the day. You know, and that was something we wanted to try, just trying different things and getting systems set up so that these guys can run the business part of it that they do daily.
2: Yeah, Brian Setzer on the, the current issue. Uh huh. I'm looking at it right now. How, how critical is it these days with media to have a website? Like, is it like 50 50 print versus website? Is it like one or the other? Like, do they just work hand in hand?
1: They work hand in hand these days. Um, the uh, print subscription, I don't think the numbers have ever really gone down, mm-hmm. but I think they've hit a level where they've been pretty steady um that can always grow you know that depends on our team and how hard we get after it to grow those numbers but i think the the digital stuff got huge and a lot of our subscriptions people buy digital subscriptions Mm -hmm. we're selling a lot more online ads now Mm -hmm. um but the advert, the the physical advertising in the physical magazine is still a really important part of the whole thing. So they, they work hand in hand. Yeah. Our, our social media is humongous. I don't know what the numbers are on Facebook these days, but I know we have a huge audience there. Twitter,
2: Instagram,
1: all that. I follow you guys
2: on those. Yep.
1: Yeah. YouTube. We push YouTube a lot.
2: Um, well, I noticed, too, in your article with the, the Thunderbolts on the on the yearbook, you've got a link right in the middle of the article. Hey, you can see Logan and Riley, you know, play that song together, which I think is really cool because here I am reading the article, seeing the layout on my computer, and then I can just click right there and it takes me right to watch those guys play. So
1: That's brilliant. I know. I don't know how those guys do it, how everyone coordinates.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, so efficient and easy. And, again, like, if I'm reading this article – and this is what I can't do with physical, right? Paper mm-hmm. is. What do these dudes sound like? They sound cool. I like what they're saying. Now I have to go figure out and find. Well, I'm reading this article online. I click on it. It brings it right up, and like I can hear these guys offhand. I think it makes it. That probably makes it easier for people to know about the. You know what I mean? Like it takes less effort, so people are more likely to do it. Definitely, Does that makes sense.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. You know, I wouldn't have known about the Thunderbolts without the magazine you know See? so there you go right
2: and that's kind of sad too because they're like going again they're a good band and like if they were your magazine you'd have no idea who the hell they are
1: uh-huh. and the introduction i got to them was even a video i think it was on instagram yeah they they were in their little studio playing a couple guitars for, for for vintage guitar doing a shout out or something
2: yeah yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. So it's, it's just interesting to me because, you know, I'm not in media and we host a podcast, but we're not media. Um, to really understand how all this stuff works, especially in modern day, right? Because I'm a dude who grew up with like you with magazines and books and paper and not everything at your fingertip and like how much stuff really rel- relies on technology to drive what you do and, and everything else. And you know, there, there are pluses to it. I still like holding physically holding stuff. You know, I've never really got like on the Kindle to read all my books. I still like a physical book, but going back to what I said about your article with the Thunderbolts is it was super cool to just read that and like click. I'm watching now I'm watching these guys play.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's magnificent. I was one of the guys who was like, I don't want to click. I don't want to take the time to click, but I think most of society, our culture, <laughs> a lot of it has gotten over that. <clears throat> so yeah, we're well, clicking, we're clicking and we're listening.
2: Everybody 24 hours a day has this the cell phone with them or something else, right? So it's they're all this is what the main driver of media is. Uh-huh. Good, good, bad, indifferent. But that's I mean just having that electronic platform and, and having it accessible, I think it's great.
1: So then how does uh, how how does a band like the Thunderbolts or um, the other band that you mentioned twice, and now the Cold st-
2: the cold stairs. cold stairs, the Cold Stairs, <laughs> check them out. The Cold I Stairs.
1: Write, I should write it down. That yes. Be yeah. um, <laughs> how do they? How do they sustain? It's
2: they have to play a lot of shows and have their crowd, and you know, have the people that the little group that follows them. And every time they play a show, that group brings other people to see them, and it grows organically. It's the Blackberry Smoke story. Um, all over again, but there's only so many bands that can come, you know, can survive that way out of the pack, and it's sucks because there are a lot of really good bands, and you don't want to see these guys like fail. So, or they get on a podcast, or Vintage Guitar Magazine, or their YouTube page becomes popular, their Instagram, their TikToks, they have to do things a lot different because as we were, all three of us were kids, you had radio that would play stuff, you had MTV VH1. Um, You know, there was people trading tapes like you had, you know, you had people helping you out. Now you got to do all this stuff yourself
1: with Mm -hmm. no corporate support. Right. I was thinking as you were saying that, I'm thinking you got to be a sharp business person. Yeah. And you got to focus and have it all come together to form the laser. You got to get all the beams. I don't I don't I don't fully know the Blackberry Smoke story, but um, I'm sure it takes. Clear headed business acumen to get things lined up, get the ships aligned to sail it as a force. Well, you don't have the record companies spending
2: money and investing in you anymore either, right? Back in the day when you had these record companies, right? They would do your promotion, do everything. These guys have themselves, their family and friends helping them do everything. And most of the time they're running their own social media themselves. Uh-huh. You know, because they can't afford to pay people to do all that stuff because they're trying to still get that audience. And if they don't play a show on the road and sell a ticket and a t shirt, they're out of business. Uh-huh. It's it's tough. It's tough these days. And, you know, and I love being a part of the podcast to help promote these guys that we really like. And we don't say no to anybody, whether we like you or not or know who you are. Well, we have anybody on just because we want to promote music and find out more about ourselves. You know, it's good that you have your magazine and you're still bringing established people, young people into it the, because they need all the help they can get. Even established people need all the help they can get these days. They do
3: even chasing after a little bit of Charlie star and Britt Turner, the drummer from blackberry smoke and got pretty close to having them on. But that's the one thing I want to ask those guys about is their business model. Cause it's obviously quite successful.
2: My dogs agree.
3: <laughs> so Joe would like what contact of any conversation wise or whatnot, uh, do you ever get with any of the artists that you guys cover?
1: Do I, me personally? Yeah. It's pretty minimal. Okay. Um, um, I guess uh, usually it's, it's the writers. Um, you know, we've got a couple regular staff writers and then contributors, and those guys are the ones that are talking directly with the artists. Um, our editor, Ward Meeker, does that regularly as well um i personally will sometimes talk to like an artist manager or representative to get something coordinated like uh any promotional thing or something but um that's that's really i don't really talk to the artists in the regular workflow of things i do occasionally get to Go backstage and talk to some guys. You know, if they're fans of the magazine and we're able to get a word into their team and it's cool with everybody, they're happy to talk to us sometimes. So, um, once in a while that gets to happen.
3: Right on, right on.
1: Billy Gibbons, Joe Bonamassa, uh, Char, Char- uh, Johnny Winter. Um, I'm forgetting some, but uh, any hey, jimmy page <laughs> no no jimmy page oh. no um no but we get there's cool there's cool anecdotes all the time you know and it it strikes all of us you know i know i know my uncle alan gets that sort of starstruck feeling a little bit <laughs> in it's cool you know like uh a long time ago we had slash on the cover and he wrote a thank you you know that was cool and uh one of Keith Richards's people renewed his subscription. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So so Keith's subscription that somebody on his team renewed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, Billy Gibbons, you know, having getting to talk to somebody like that and have him say something like, you know, like, how, how's ward you know <laughs> but that's really cool though to have these these guitar heroes
2: actually like your magazine and read it, it and be part of it too right it's bonkers
1: man it is i love i mean it.
2: It, it means it's going back to your point i think it's it's quality you know what you're putting out or else you wouldn't have these guys fa- reading following you exactly yes yes yes
1: i always got to check my star starry eyes around there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we've had a couple people you're on the podcast heroes. well yeah. we've had a couple people on the podcast where i've had to like okay like we're not fanboying we're just gonna sit here and talk like steve gorman from the black crows like black crows are my all-time favorite band so i'm uh-huh. like gotta be cool you know uh-huh. we're gonna have a normal conversation
1: uh-huh.
2: don't turn to chris farley from the Cro- chris farley show hey steve remember when you're in the black crows <laughs> that was cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Man, Remedy's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it's easy to do, but once you start chatting with people, you sort of just get, you know, you get that uh repartee going. Like I talked a lot of sports with Steve Gorman. That was, you know, that yeah. that helped.
1: Yeah, it's easy to do, but just we're all humans. Surprisingly, yeah, sure. surprisingly they're humans. Billy Gibbons is a human. Yep.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he may, you know, sometimes he looks a little other, just, you know, that that, that beard combo. But yes, I, I think he is indeed a human.
3: Those guitar sounds. Oh, man. All right. Is this going to lead into guitar talk? I've been waiting for this.
2: Yes. Let's let's talk some gear, Joe. What do you say? Sure. What right now, what are some of the hot vintage guitars and amps that are really like popular at the moment like what's what's the collectible stuff
1: oh gosh this the same i think what the, the the les paul like the 50s 60s we were talking 50, about 50s 60s yeah les paul is always going to be the king guitar. why is that Oh, um, partly the look yeah the tone the tone the tone the tone
2: Do they hold their, their playability as long as you take care of them, like really well, like, you know, you got an instrument that's 50, 60 years old.
1: I think so. I think so. I, I think they're well played. If they're well taken care of, they'll be well played. If They're well played. They'll be well taken care of. There's going to be a familiarity. There's some spirit there for sure. I believe in that.
0: Going back, I have to a lot
1: of I have a lot of new guitars. I'm a fan of that stuff too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I was
2: pointing before we got going that um, that that twenty uh, Gibson Les Paul TV yellow special I have. That's uh-huh. that's fifty neck. It's built as a vintage instrument. It's uh-huh. great. It sounds great. But guess what? It didn't cost me four thousand dollars.
1: Right. It cost right. me
2: fourteen hundred dollars.
1: Right. You right. know, and yep. it
2: plays great. Now again, it's not vintage, so you're not going to have. But I don't, dude. I don't. You know what I mean? I'm I'm cool with that.
1: I'm cool with it too. I'm cool. Yep. Uh, I it's precision made. It's new. It's not going to be brittle or maybe like re- repaired at some point. Yeah. And, uh, they probably got the machines dialed a little better now. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff and, and we cover that in the magazine too. You know, there's, there's always new gear. That's the regular part of the magazine. Um, I think the big brand, I, I don't know what the the most the hottest vintage pieces you're gonna have those kings like yeah. the the Les Paul's and the the
2: the strats the and the tellys all check. the U.S. made American made stuff is yeah. that still like the the pr- you yeah. know the premiere yeah.
1: but I, but there's more and more individual luthiers and um, boutique shops yeah and uh, even even mid range guys that have been around forever whose gear you could call vintage now, you know, um, a lot of our advertisers in the magazine have been around long enough to be called vintage um, and they have great instruments. Um, I think so, it's just a, it's a very diverse market and there's, uh, there's excellent stuff in all.
2: Across are you, are you starting to see like the, like, you know, I'm seeing new models like the Kramer's, and the BC Riches and all you know the Ibanez is that 80s? Like going back to CC Deville. Is that style? Is that style really becoming hip again? Cause I'm seeing like the Kramer 84. I just bought a Kramer Beretta special. Uh-huh. And you? I I bought, well, I took the nut off, I changed the tuners, I put new saddles on. I'm gonna eventually put a new trim in it and stuff, but it was it cost $170. Yeah,
1: right. I was just rocking a Kramer t-shirt the other day nice made to rock hard
2: but like i'm seeing that stuff and like is that is that style of stuff really becoming hip again i
1: think so because like as i scroll through instagram i'm coming across like shredders that are like vintage now vintage people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and their stuff like the way they can shred man and i think that i'm seeing a lot of like eddie van halen guitars maybe that's because he just passed away recently Mm -hmm. but yeah i think if this is a wave we must be getting to that wave again and that stuff's awesome again which hey cc fan that's right bring it back (laughs) and to me too if that becomes a popular
2: gear that means people are playing rock and guitar driven music so maybe getting back to what you guys were talking about before in your area, is that going to drive more people wanting that sound to come through and more bands and all these other people play? Cause you know, you're not playing cold play. You're not playing. Whatever stuff is top 40 now Electronic. on guitars like that. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. I think there's hope for that. I think so. I saw in grand forks, I saw a band of uh, their high school kids and I think it was their first time playing, but they played there's an electric guitar, electric bass, a drummer and a girl singer. And they were playing rock and roll. Nice. And and that spirit was just like it was the real deal. You know, I was feeling it. I know their classmates could feel it. And uh, I think there's yeah, I think there's hope for that kind of music, those kind of instruments that kind of skill and expression and the feelings that it puts through people, it's never going to die. And you know, eighties music, even the seventies stuff, it was
2: very much more pot, like fun. Like, Hey, we're having a good time. We're going to write about songs about playing a good time. Nineties came in for a little bit and it was like writing songs about being miserable and like took the fun out of it. I'm ready for the fun to come back and rock music. Amen.
1: I hear that. I need that. I need you know, to more fun songs. Nothing but
2: a good time is better than heart shaped yeah. box. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, right. Right.
2: You know, I don't want to hear about cancer eating my body away and me dying. I want to hear about going out and partying and getting with chicks.
3: Joe, <laughs> I, I don't know how long you were you've been in Grand Forks or how old you are, but like back in the mid 80s late 80s there was I don't know if you remember like there was a band Hollywood Tricks, Straight Lace. And the one thing I will say about that genre is like Compared to any others since then in, in our towns, is that they played just they were genre specific. They weren't a band playing country rock, top 40, everything that's super popular. I mean, they were just playing that style, you know? Mm-hmm. And also I gotta give a shout out uh to a shop here in town, Flatland Guitar, like they have. They're a Jackson retailer, and I see those kind of guitars all the time. Yeah,
2: Jacksons are really – I'm seeing the Jacksons along with, like, the Kramers and stuff really coming back.
1: I hope so. I'll, I'm down with it. I Bring the fun back. Bring yes. it back. We need yes. fun. We need – fun. we just
2: came out of a year and a half or so pandemic. Bring the Terror. fun back.
3: Strife. Yes. The fun can come back as long as it doesn't get as – cheesy as it did with all the co- hairband copies and the 80s. <laughs>
2: well you know everybody copies what's popular in the mainstream right and that's why that's why we have bro country right now <laughs> joe what's what your feel on bro country you got a lot of bro country guys in the v- vintage guitar magazine um i'd say we got brad paisley he's not a bro guy like he's like real country music
1: he's a guitar wizard
2: he is a guitar <laughs> wizard. he's legit man he's a legit player
1: um but yeah other than that i don't see a lot of bro country (laughs) guys in there i mean if 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 you're kind of like an independent guy yeah you could get in there or well
2: that's good i mean that's keeping that that quality seal brian at this point if we're Mm. you know music subjective you can like whomever you like with i was happy
1: i could see i could see uh I don't, I don't know, but like if you're a, a broke, if you're a broke country guy in a broke country band, you might find yourself in vintage guitar magazine if you're a guitar collector.
2: Okay. All right. Fair enough. But do you think those guys are guitar collectors though?
1: Oh, probably. they probably, think so? Yeah. I think the Florida Georgia line is out there collecting vintage. That's funny you say their name because that's the name that's sitting on the tip of my tongue. But <laughs> I feel like I don't, I don't know if those guys are, but I, I would imagine that maybe they are. I don't,
2: know. I don't know. So, you know what? Maybe somebody from your magazine should reach out and find out because you never, you know, they may be the next cover.
1: We should. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brian's over there smirking. I don't think he appreciates this conversation.
3: <laughs> hey, you know Sturgill Simpson and guys like that. I mean, right on, you know. But I mean, but that's not Bro not, Country. That's not, like not, not songs like "She Thinks My Tractor's Sexy," yeah, which right. is on the satellite radio at work, and I'm just like, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's funny like as a as a songwriter myself my songwriter self i'm fascinated with the songwriting of the bro country industry and the the postures and scenes and language and sound and what's catchy about it and... but that's
2: the new pop music i mean that's it's like the mainstream pop music that that is really what it is right now uh-huh. that is top 40 pop
1: Uh uh-huh so as a as a as a songwriter artist and and music lover yeah i get i get grossed out by it if i if i got too much of it but i am intrigued by it sometimes sure i will even like pick up my acoustic guitar and try to play uh not florida georgia line but there's (laughs) another one that i just learned recently that was uh i don't want to be a one-man band I don't want to be a Rolling Stone alone. Who sings that one? I, I. have no
2: clue, man. No <laughs> clue. Wrong
3: guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but listen, I get it. I I I will also intentionally watch bad movies. Old Dominion. The,
1: Old Dominion. Who,
2: Old Dominion. Well, that's interesting because they got kind of a cool name. I would be surprised that they're in that that pop country realm. But you know yeah. what? Yeah. You know what? God bless anybody that can make a living in music right now. What are, you know? Mm-hmm. We did. not I don't, I don't need, need to be so judgmental, but it's not my thing. I'm also not the age demographic for that either.
1: I There have been a couple of times when I kind of griped about certain artists at, within the vintage guitar workplace. Uh-huh. And uh, I got a little pushback from that right away. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe I do need to open my mind and give these guys more credit because what I feel like I find out whether it is Florida Georgia line or old dominion old dominion or paisley or gibbons or anybody they're really independent independent businesses. Sure. You might think that there's this establishment and I suppose on some level there is, but a lot of, when it comes down to it, these are individuals and they're doing some hard ass things to make it work.
2: When they're making a living at the music thing, which we've already yeah. talked about a couple of times, how hard that is. And you know, yeah. good on them. Godspeed. Like no, I haven't wished no ill will on anybody. It's just not my thing.
1: Yeah. I'm just jealous.
2: Well, <laughs> I think we all are. I am too. <laughs> you know, like that cheese ball stuff. These guys are making like I can't, you know, I'm playing yeah. the real stuff and I'm not doing that.
1: Right. Right.
2: <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you well, you're in bands. Like, well, Just give us a quick uh, overview of like what you're doing right now, who you're playing with.
1: Yeah, well, I play with my friend uh, Chris Erickson. We have a band called The Heat Seekers. Um, Chris has been a part of the Grand Forks scene for a long, long time. He ran the open mic at the Hub for like a decade, and he ran other open mics around town prior and since then. Um, so he... He plays acoustic, John Prime, Johnny Cash, uh Dwight Yokum. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wagon Wheel. We'll play Wagon Wheel. Yokum uh, can play
2: guitar, man. Yoakum can play guitar.
1: Oh man, we love we we are big fans of Dwight. We saw him live and his uh his band is awesome. Um he's got a great guitar player right now. I can't think of his. Name. The
2: dude that married um is it Amy Grant I'm thinking of he's uh, he's a was a big country name I'm blanking on my he was a good guitar player too like legit um uh Vince Gill Vince
1: Gill Vince Gill yeah. he's
2: legit he's a legit player man
1: legit player yep yep so we love those guys and that's the kind of music that we play yeah a um, little bit country twinged some blues though um Chris is a blues appreciator and so I back him on an electric guitar and a mandolin. I switch mm-hmm. back and forth. So we played as a duo quite a bit, um, opening for bigger acts or, or playing on our uh, as, as our own show for, you know, little local shows. Um, so I play with him. And then I also do my own um, songwriting and recording and just publishing on my website. I I spent twenty twenty and most of this year writing and recording various uh, writing, recording songs. I want to write songs. I want to publish songs. I want to record them and publish them. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to get the appropriate quality level up Mm -hmm. to where I can push stuff out to the masses. But um,
3: yeah, you sent me some of that stuff and I'm grateful for that as playing bass on some of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just compiled um, all, all these recordings that i made in the last year and a half. And there's almost 300 recordings. I uh, I put them all on a U.S. Wow. drive yeah, and, so I can like put it in my car and it'll just play in the order that I made them over the last year and a half, two years. And I'm very proud of that work. You know, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of crap, but there's stuff that could be, reworked edited and and made into songs so i would like to do that and record in a in a quality environment to get a quality product that i can put out there and let it live mm-hmm. yeah
2: what's your website
1: joe joe eddie e-d-d-i-e yes joe Eddie.com.
2: okay well our listeners check out joe you can yeah. check out joe greenwood's music
3: yeah Brian, have you seen Joe play before or Joe and Chris? A little. Well, I've seen Chris play a lot. I've seen you, Joe, play a little bit. I think I was, you were playing downtown where they have the blues on the red with the, what I can't forget what they call that area of the plaza or whatever. Yeah. And I think at the time, like I, this was 2015 or 16 or something, 15, probably. I approached you about like, Hey man, I play bass. So like the music you play, yeah. like, I think I was trying to get in a band with you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And back then I was kind of like in and out of different bands. I've, I've had my own band a couple times. I had a band called the Midnights for a while. And then I had a band called uh, the Ortolan saints. Um, and those were like heavier rock metal bands. Uh the Midnight's had a lot of blues and a lot of my, like, personal songwriting style. But then when I was with the Ordelon Saints, that was more ex- experimental in, like, aggressive feeling and, like, this is what I really think and cranking up the guitars and just, like, our drummer, Spencer, was, uh, he was a basher, you know, he had, like, aggression. and so mm-hmm. that Was, was so, that Spencer yeah. that
3: played drums in Shotgun Facelift, too? Do you know um, I don't think
1: so. I think there's a different one. Oh, okay. That would have been really heavy.
3: Shotgun,
2: spacelift? shotgun facelift. Shotgun facelift. They're like a, a face. <laughs>
3: oh, kind of bad.
2: Well, yeah. If they're talking yeah. about a shotgun facelift, do you, I mean that's pretty. That's pretty aggressive. Shotgun it's... facelift.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, as a, a personal ambition is to get out and play as a solo act, Joe Eddie um i would like to get brave enough to contact venues and set up shows and try to have a regular thing you know that gets back to the scene thing it's it's it feels like there's not a a bedrock Mm -hmm. for for that but it's out there if i were to make calls i could schedule shows chris schedules shows for our band heat seekers regularly enough and we get demand to play um I'd like to get a band going. Do it now's the time. Brian and I should team up. And yeah, here you go, man. People. I'd love
3: it. I would love it. move to I Fargo because can... I'm not going back to Grand Forks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if the if the band's got a good good you know road in front of it, Brian, you never know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it won't matter. It'll be like. Okay, we will both moved to Hillsboro, right in the middle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hillsboro sounds very rural to me yes it is oh yeah <laughs> uh, like cotton minnesota like cotton minnesota from mark holly so jason is that time of the show joe usually at the end we'd like to do a lightning round with with people some quick fun questions you are are you game
1: yes i am i just refilled my whiskey all right,
2: <laughs> all right. you got to really get loosened up for for these they're you know they're nothing nothing uh Nothing hard. They're more fun than anything else. So first thing that comes to mind. All right. We know Poison inspired you to, to pick up guitar, but what's the first concert you actually ever saw?
1: Oh, boy. Um, my parents asked me to go to Bob Dylan, and I said no, and I've regretted it ever since. How old were you? Uh, 11, 12. Okay. So you're, wow. Shame, shame on you. <laughs> uh, other than that, okay, it might have been Ozzy. Okay. Which tour do you remember? I don't remember. It was in Fargo. Yeah. (laughs) Fargo,
2: Rock City. Okay, Ozzy. What's your first record you remember owning?
1: Oh, it it would have been a cassette tape, and uh, I bet it was uh, Skid Row, Poison. First one? Poison or Skid Row. Probably Poison.
2: Poison. Open up and say, ah. Look with cat dragged in which one Wait, we got look,
1: look what the cat dragged in
2: not oh so the first one nice a little uh talk dirty to me yeah cry tough yeah yeah see i bash poison but i know some of their stuff i can't i can't make fun of them that first skid row album though is amazing and that second one is super heavy man slave yeah. to the grind holy crap
1: yeah yes hey you know what got me uh was one of the catalysts of of youth youthful music for me was a friend of mine eric was big into AC/DC, And it mm-hmm. seemed like every time I'd see him, he'd have a different AC/DC cassette tape. And I was blown away by how many different albums this band had and how it was like such a cohesive sound from one to the next. Yeah. And how hard it rocked. That was a big influence. I love that. I love
2: ACDC that. had that blueprint down and they, yeah. didn't, they didn't change or reinvent themselves, you know, and yeah. God... That last album they had last year, uh power. Um have you listened? I got I can't remember the name. I of listened it. to
1: one of the songs off of it. It's I, the whole album's
2: really good, super heavy. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is like vintage ACDC. Yes, yeah, yes. very, very impressive. Okay, what is your ultimate guitar amp combo? Oh gosh. Like, oh. you know, if you could pick one one combo for like ever, like this is what you'd use.
1: I like my Telecaster through my Blues Junior.
2: Oh, nice. Well, with the type of music you're playing, that's just uh, a
1: great combo. Uh huh. Um, I'm a fan of Fender amps. Yeah. So I'd kind of take maybe any Fender amp. Um, maybe the, there's the Deluxe. I don't have a Deluxe, but it seems like that's a nice size. <laughs> oh, well, heck yeah. Those are heavy as shit, man. And I've had, I'm a, I've am a been a Fender guy most of my life, really. I only okay. recently got a Les Paul. So um, now you got to get a Marshall amp to play that Les yeah, Paul throw. I was going to say that that's my other, when I was a kid, I would have said a Marshall stack mm-hmm. and a Les Paul. Les
2: Paul, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I get this, that leads to my next question. You might've answered it. Like what, what's the what's the gear that you want that you don't
1: have? Um, the BC Rich. <laughs> which, which BC Rich? <laughs> Uh, whatever CC Deville was playing on that um, skull and
2: crossbone one. You remember that one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Had sock's
2: so sharp you could you could shave with it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'd take that stuff.
2: Nice. Okay. I dig that. Um what is the best venue to go see music in what are you in Grand Forks?
1: I'm in Grand Forks. Oh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, uh, the Spud Junior because that's where Rocky invites us to play the most. <laughs> that's a great place. You know who's great is HB Sound. They're uh,
3: HB Sound and Lights.
1: Yeah. yeah, they do the rigging, and ah, uh, whenever we get to play on a show that they're doing, it's so sweet. It's like the full rock star feeling because the sound just—it's beautiful. It's full. It's clear. The guys know what they're doing. I remember one time we played at uh, the Spud Junior and HB did the stage and the sound, and the stage itself was an amplifier. Like, I could feel it vibrating under my feet and contributing to the sound that we were putting it, putting out collectively. Wow. I think any place where those guys are is a great venue. There okay. really isn't – Am I missing something, Brian? Is there some place? No. <laughs> That's part of the problem. I man. mean, it was the bit. hub.
3: It was Griggs Landing at one point. It was the Westward Hall at one point. Yep. But I mean, post those, it's like, I can't think of anything.
1: No, I was here for the heydays of the Westward Hall. And, and there was so much stuff going on there. It was like Candyland.
3: Frank you know? Cannon's band Moondog Main played there. The oh, really? Bar. Little tiny bar, yeah.
2: Good old Frank friend. and Tesla. Love that band,
1: Dick Dale, yeah, Mitch Hedberg, lots of local bands. There was a scene back then. The wow, Hawks played that where? place, that place helped sustain that scene. I think you know there was a band called Mojo Pin, mm-hmm. um, and there was uh, the Peanut Gallery where yeah. you'd have acoustic. Jason, and all the big
3: uh, comedians used to come through there. Uh, yeah. Okay, at the Gaslight Lounge in the Westford Hole. That was a really cool place.
1: Yeah multiple venue multiple bars in a single venue
3: yeah it was cool in
1: a a regular basis and i think ever since then there hasn't been a regular thing you know the hub had the open mic and then that opened up their minds to having bands then open mic night was like tuesday or wednesday then you'd have bands on the week friday and saturday so there was like having that kind of venue is what supports the scene and that is not present right now Yeah, that I know of. I, I go to a lot of bars, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do? Um, what is a guilty pleasure artist or song for you? Old Dominion. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everybody we've mentioned so far. Um, um, I like going on the pop guys. I like Justin Bieber's, some of his songs. I will like do my version of his song who else said
2: justin bieber harry styles harry styles my wife and uh, daughter just
1: saw harry styles in detroit there's uh it's just it's about it's about seeing what is catchy and popular and appealing about these people that intrigues me and also their personal story like i said you know they're just people and they're able to do amazing things well yeah some of the
2: i mean who you bieber you know people give him shit but he's talented harry styles is talented um, I think Kevin Martin from Candlebox told us Justin Bieber, didn't he? Is that, Brian, is that he
0: who said Justin Bieber? He may have.
1: There was a song, you know, my, my kids control the radio in the car. Of course. And so I hear tons of that stuff. And so one little element of one of their songs can catch my ear and that'll draw me to it. So Old Dominion was the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It was on my kids' playlist and that was a cool song. Uh, um, So... I take guilty pleasure in going back to those songs and figuring out how to play them and what makes them work. I like that. I think that's a cool, that's a good perspective. Who do you think are the top three
2: guitarists of all time?
1: Um, I think Bob Dylan's acoustic guitar
2: is incredible. Now he's probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest American songwriters of all time.
1: Yeah. Songwriting. And then, but his guitar is just crazy to me. Um, it is subtle. That's a subtle one. That's my unexpected one. I think. Okay. As a guitarist, I love Keith Richards. I don't know if it's for the yes. guitar or if it's just for the um, attitude. Yeah. And rock and rollness. Um, gosh, who else? There's so many. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, Billy. Billy Gibbons. Let's give it to Billy. I think those are
2: three good answers. Although the Dylan one is surprising. I think you yeah, have solid
1: reasoning for it. The picking, the picking, the, 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 the rhythms and the syncopations. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be doing like ingvay Momsting
2: stuff to right. be considered a good guitarist, right? Like it's, there's right. the, the subtlety I think is, is shows a lot like, you know, restraint.
1: Right. I'm a fan of all the big names too, of course. Sure. Or sure. I've seen them a couple of times. I love emulating that. Uh,
2: Who's the next generation of guitar slingers that you could, you could call out right now. Like who's, who's, who's got your eye.
1: I bet I could hardly name any of them, but scroll through YouTube sometime and you'll see like teenage girls that could blow the doors off of me. Um, I'll give you a
2: name right now. Marcus King,
1: Marcus King.
2: Yep. There you go. Tyler Bryant, Tyler Bryant, Tyler Bryant, Um, you know, we got some young dudes out there right now, or dudettes. I say dudes in a universal sense. That can that can really play. Uh-huh. You know, people are getting back into guitar and learning I how to play I think there's it.
1: a ton, Very much, yeah. There's a ton of talent out there. It's, yep. uh, I couldn't even predict. I feel like there are huge guitar stars out there that I'm not even aware of just because I'm not on that social media sure. channel. Yeah. And they're... It's such a different world and the media, the, the culture, the way we consume is so splintered and different that there are pockets that I don't even know about. I think it, there's not a day that doesn't go by where I don't find some new guitar player on Instagram that has right 50,000 followers, you know? And so, yeah. I think you're right about that though. The YouTubes and
2: the Instagrams and the TikToks, there's probably a wealth of, of young people right now that can just completely get after it. They emulate the stuff that we all grew up on. And you know what? I love it because that's only going to gather more people to play, bring this rock music back. Maybe these venues, maybe these stations, maybe there will be more of a platform other than Vintage Guitar Magazine, All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcasts, and just word of mouth.
1: How about uh, Greta Van Fleet?
2: Yeah, I like what? Red Van Fleet. They take a lot of shit, but like it's young dudes playing rock music, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yep, yep. Anybody who's playing the guitar like that? Yeah. i mean,
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, they're, they're making guitar and rock music at the forefront. They do have popularity. Good on them. I do like some of their music. I have you know what? Go. Come on, kids, keep playing. All right, my last question for you is all about around performances. So if you could play with any artist or band for one night, Living or Dad Band, artist who would it be one night one night i'd have
1: to, I'd have to go with keith keith Rachel. get on
2: get out with the stones is there any particular song that you're like we got to play this song
1: oh man um <laughs> nope <laughs>
2: nope just just be up on stage playing with them Ah, uh, geez i mean are you guys covering anything now with playing with chris or anything
1: oh um got to do dead flowers
2: (laughs) my band covers dead flowers we play a little bit more faster tempo but we play that.
1: i sing that one by myself all the time nice i um he's got a song called hate it when you leave hate it when you leave with his expensive winos man yeah i remember that those guys yeah so there's that song um he's got a song called the worst well i yep, said from so the first yeah i love that i play that all the time on my guitar i just love the so you would do
2: stones line. and keith solo side project stuff
1: i think so yeah okay. i'm drawn to keith first and foremost just because i don't know i that's my vibe for sure
2: yeah all right right so on good mind. answer so your solo stuff we can go to joeeddy.com. we got vintage magazine.com is there anything else that we can go to find out more about you the magazine music
3: well i shared the heat seekers facebook page on our all things blues and southern rock facebook there we go you yeah, got absolutely.
2: twitter what do you got
1: i do have twitter but i'm more of just a lurker there <laughs> I mean. but yeah i'm on instagram like you said joe um the heat seekers are on instagram my buddy chris and i that's probably where I'm most active. I'm trying to put out my own stuff on Joe Eddie. Yeah. vintageguitar.com for the magazine. Check mm-hmm. that out for sure. That's that's top-notch quality stuff. I'm super proud of that. My own. And before I,
2: you leave us, throw this by Alan real fast, though. They should you should feature a, a music podcast in your magazine every month, maybe <laughs> something that you know, or some band picks or song picks from your favorite blues and southern rock podcasts. Just,
1: you know, just in case i'm gonna bring it up i think so too we have a podcast and so yeah we should we should highlight other podcasts that's see yeah if you want awesome, to know about dude. some of if these new rock
2: bands that we talk to and know about Georgia thunderbolts then dirty rose like all these guys yeah we can give you picks
1: you know what we do actually that's this that's uh i don't take that lightly actually that's very serious because that's what that's the future of the magazine. That's what Uncle Alan talked to us about several years ago when he said he wanted to highlight upcoming artists. So if you look in the magazine right now, the, I'm first, in it. the first couple pages, the first third of it is going to be artists and what they're doing now, whether they're established or up and coming artists. So, like I, I see definitely- Sunny War
2: from the new one. Uh, we got Greg Koch. Yep. guthrie govan like first fret jerry douglas i i see a yep. lot of that stuff as i go through here
1: Yep, that's what i'm talking about that first area of the magazine and it's like one or two pages on these yep. artists and what they're doing and they they might you might have never heard of them or you might have heard of them and they're they got something new so yeah highlighting uh highlighting other podcasts and the kind of things that you guys are doing it's, a, it's spreading the love We we can, can cross promote yes And check
2: out The Cold Stairs. When you get off here with us, check out
1: The Cold Stairs. I got them. I I did a search, so I got all their stuff right. Oh, man,
2: dude. If you like blues, like heavy blues, oh, love it. I'm going to see them next week opening for Larkin Poe in Cincinnati. Oh, and they're a duo. They're a duo. So they're like the Black Keys-ish, but they're more bluesy than the Black Keys are.
1: Okay. And my buddy Chris that I play with in the Heat Seekers is a huge... Larkin Poe fanboy like I can't nice. get him to shut up but, we've had Tyler you know. Bryan
2: on on the podcast so I'd love to get his wife and, and his sister on the talk Larkin Poe but maybe through Chris and the cold stairs we can get we can finally get them we can trap and we had yeah. your husband we had your opening act on you got to come on
3: it'll work Brian well thank you so much Joe for being on uh, we have appreciated much and I once again it's been great to talk to someone else in the area that's give some hope to our area and someone else who knows about the music that, that, uh, that I know about and few handfuls of others know about. So thank you so much. So to the listeners, that's Joe Greenwood, who, uh, uh, works on the website for vintage guitar magazine and plays in the heat seekers and grand forks with red Christopher. Uh, thank you so much for being on. And if you don't mind hanging out with us for a couple more minutes after we get done rolling, that'd be great. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks to Joe Eddie for joining us. Uh, that was a blast. Um, I like I said before, I've been you know chatting with him a little bit too about getting some music up here. Uh, he had a lot of great things to say. What stuck out to you, Jason?
2: A couple of things. One, that's cool to find out that he's actually a musician that you've heard perform before, and the type of music that he is doing, I think, is super cool. You know. So good on him. I love to hear how uh, Vintage Guitar Magazine started as more of a trade magazine like you would for your auto traders and it built into what it is uh, now. And just the cool work that they've done that he's done on that website design as I spoke about in the in the interview. It's I took, took a look at that article about our boys in the Georgia Thunderbolts right smack dab in the middle of it. You could click on it, play a YouTube video with um, Logan and Riley playing. Super cool, super convenient, super efficient. Like Love the magazine, love the website, and Joe is certainly a cool guy. What'd you pick up?
3: Uh, well, you know, the band that he plays in with our other friend Chris, better known as Red Christopher, uh, It's called the Heat Seekers, and they're like an acoustic duo. And Joe plays the electric uh, behind uh, Chris doing acoustic, and they're doing some folk stuff, some Bob Dylan stuff, uh, some Johnny Cash, and doing some originals. And uh, they play at a place in East Grand Forks called the Spud Junior, who I have yet to get in contact with. Um, so if you're ever up in the area and you get a chance, uh, check those guys out. they got a Facebook page as well. Um, I just, like I said, I'm always reminding myself how awesome it is and still surprised by Vintage Guitar Magazine being published out of Bismarck. Yeah, right. And, Me too. Here's a friend of mine that, you know, all of a sudden he's like, he does the But His stuff. uncle
2: started it, you know? Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, it's a family business. started it. And it's yeah. a cool magazine. I was serious when I said the intro. I was like, I used to not buy or look at because I thought it was only for like rich people. No, 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 no. It's just for the guitar and the music fan. It's not just for the vintage guitar collector. It's really good. I've been reading it now and looking at it online. I recommend everybody else go out and do it.
3: You know, and recently, uh, Riley and Logan from the Georgia Thunderbolts are in an issue.
2: Yep. Talking about their gear, their new uh, album that's coming out. And there's a video of those guys jamming. Like I said, you you go online, read the article, click right in the middle of the page. It takes you right to YouTube to watch those guys jam.
3: And, you know, we have many, many guests. Uh, We've got uh, people locked into uh, their, their spots going all the way into March. So you guys have a lot to look forward to. Until then, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.